Hey everyone, welcome back to The Haunted Corner. I'm Ashton, and today we're covering a few more abandoned amusement parks. But first, just a reminder, this will be the only episode released this week, and we'll be gone next week, so no new episodes next week, no new episodes the week after, but we will be back on June 19th with two episodes per week on our regularly scheduled programming, and in the meantime, I will be living my best life at Disneyland and at the beach and doing all the things, so... In keeping with that tune, we are diving into a few short tales about some abandoned amusement parks from around the world. Let's get into it. Up first, we're heading to Port Orange, Florida, to a short-lived theme park called Bongo Land. In 1804, Patrick Dean arrived in the Port Orange area from the Bahamas and established a 995-acre plantation to grow cotton, rice, and sugarcane, which were cultivated by enslaved people. Following his violent death during the First Seminole War in 1818, the plantation passed through several hands and the land was divided into smaller portions. In the 1940s, some of the land was leased to Dr. Perry Sperber, who worked as the first dermatologist in Dayton Beach and had a keen interest in dinosaurs. He even published a book titled Sex and the Dinosaur, which described how modern animals could be related to the prehistoric reptiles. His goal was to revive the place and turn it into a theme park, so he brought in a man named Manny Lawrence to create huge dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals. Manny Lawrence created life-size monsters out of chicken wire and concrete, and Bongo Land was opened. Guests traveled through the park on a miniature train. The park also included a recreated Seminole village, the historic sugar mill ruins, and live animals, including a baboon, which the park was named after. The park operated until 1952 and was closed due to lack of public interest. Can you believe this park wasn't a hit? Like, as we get older, people care less and less about dinosaurs. Grown-ups don't even ask you what your favorite dinosaur is, which is super lame. Today, the plantation ruins are a part of a botanical gardens called Dunlot and Sugar Mill Gardens. Five of the dinosaurs still exist today, including a Triceratops, a Stegosaurus, and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But they're not looking good, y'all. Look a little rough. Looks like they're about to fall on you if you walk under them, so be careful. The dinosaurs are now protected as part of Florida's heritage, so another reason to visit Florida. Up next, we're taking a journey to what was meant to be the Disneyland of the Philippines, a place called Fantasy World. A lonely castle sits on top of a hill in the countryside. The pop of color that it adds to the green surrounding is oddly out of place. The castle, which has long been abandoned, was initially going to be the focal point of a theme park that would rival Disneyland and Disney World alike. Built in 2001, it was initially intended to be a members-only club, but it quickly was changed to a resort theme park. There were plans for a 504-room hotel within the park. Rides were installed but never functioned. The project was expected to cost $17 billion dollars and was to be fully operational by 2005. However, due to financial issues and illness of ECE Realty head Emilio Ching, development of Fantasy World halted in the mid-2000s. 
You can still enter the park to explore and take pictures. The park appears to be well-maintained. You can still see the treehouse, the castle, and the rides that never got to carry the happy and excited children. Next, we're traveling to the Land of Oz. No, really. There's a theme park called Land of Oz in North Carolina. This theme park was opened in 1970 in order to keep people coming to the adjacent Beach Mountain Ski Resort in the summer months. Sound familiar, Action Park? And with the intent, it was also opened with the intent to create an attraction that honored L. Frank Baum's original book. So because of this, the park featured actors and costumes that reflected the illustrations in the book more than the iconic film characters. According to Atlas Obscura, quote, the original attraction required attendees to ride a ski lift to the top of the mountain. A bus shuttle was available for those who were afraid of the lift. And the park began with visitors passing through the Kansas farmhouse while experiencing a tornado. Now, there were two duplicate homes, which were adjacent, a before and an after, with the latter being tilted, interior items askew. A special effects tunnel connected the houses. Guests then walked down a yellow brick road as they encountered characters and events from the book, such as meeting the Scarecrow, Tin Woodsman, and Cowardly Lion, which then culminated in a meeting with the wonderful Wizard of Oz himself in the Emerald City. Dorothy left Oz in one of the air balloons, which was a suspended track system ride circling near the mountain's edge, consisting of metal baskets supported under metal balloons. Also, as part of the Yellow Brick Road, there was a dramatic lookout with a spectacular view of the surrounding mountains and a bust of Judy Garland. Printed on the stone base was the was film Dorothy's concluding speech about her own backyard, end quote. As the park grew in popularity, its theme changed to reflect more of the film style. It even opened a small museum that featured props and costumes from the movie, including one of the many dresses Judy Garland wore throughout the 1939 film. Also of special note was the jacket worn by Professor Marvel in the film, which turned out to be none other than Oz, author Frank Baum's. And this Jacket ended up being found in a Hollywood thrift store by the movie's costumer. Some have claimed this to be a legend, but the jacket was displayed as such by the museum, and several people involved in the film have verified it as factual. As the years passed, the park lost much of its success in the face of dwindling attendance. A 1975 fire destroyed several structures in the Emerald City section of the venue, along with park offices. Several items were eventually stolen from the museum, including the dress that Judy Garland wore in the film. The park eventually closed in 1980, and the Land of Oz fell into disrepair, and most of the structures were vandalized or otherwise destroyed. Starting in 1988, a reunion of original park employees known as the Aussies ignited the yearly reopenings, which has since become known as the Autumn at Oz Festival. Count me in. The park occasionally opens in the summer for a few days, and Dorothy's house is all avail- also available for overnight rentals. Also count me in. Up next, we're heading to Ontario, where the Boblo Amusement Park opened in 1898. For almost 100 years, it was only accessible by classic steam-powered riverboats. 
The SS St. Clair and SS Columbia brought passengers from Detroit. Each boat could bring up to 2,500 visitors at a time. Smaller ferries brought visitors from nearby Amherstburg, Ontario, and Gibraltar, Michigan. The island was only a five-minute ferry ride from the Ontario side and an 18-mile journey from Detroit, making it the perfect location for a day trip from either side. With its excursion steamboats being half the fun of traveling to Boblo Island, the amusement park was quite a buzzing destination for the better part of 85 years. The island was home to a dance hall, which was financed by Henry Ford and was once the second largest in the world and could hold up to 5,000 dancers. It also featured one of the world's largest orchestrians, an automated self-playing orchestra machine, which features 419 pipes and its very own percussion section. For kids, Boblo Amusement Park was a haven for the newest and most exciting rides in the area. These included Nightmare, the Wild Mouse, a Ferris Wheel, the Scooter Boats, and the Screamer. Families could also take a stroll through the Amusement Park Zoo, which was also a big hit. As time went on and with the creation of more modern and exciting theme parks, Boblo couldn't stand up to the heat of the competition. Its once popular Victoria Aaron, Victorian era rides and entertainment decreased in popularity and saw a drastic lessening of traffic following the late 1980s. By 1993, the park was completely shut down and its rides were sold off one by one. The steamboats, too, were sold as there was no reason for visitors to travel to the island without an amusement park. The SS St. Clair was engulfed in an accidental fire while docked on the Detroit River on July 6th of 2018. The fire could not be contained and destroyed the historic mahogany woodwork and upper decks. Boblo Island is now currently the site of luxury homes. Shocker. And finally, we're heading to another theme park that was inspired by Disneyland in California. Located in Japan, Nara Dreamland is the most photographed abandoned theme park in the world. According to thetravel.com, after the war, Japan, as a subdued ally, was exposed to American culture on a massive scale. It created a surge in demand for Western cultural exports. American music, movies, and baseball permeated into Japanese society. The first culmination of this cultural absorption was Nara Dreamland, which was opened to the public on July 1st, 1961. The entrance to the park was designed to look almost identical to Disneyland, including its own versions of the train depot, Main Street USA, and the familiar Sleeping Beauty Castle at the hub. It also had a Matterhorn-type mountain with a Matterhorn bobsled-type ride called bobsleigh, with a skyway running through it, as well as an Autopia-type ride and a monorail. At its peak, the park had 1.7 million visitors per year. In 1979, the Oriental Land Company made contact with the Walt Disney Company to create a Disney theme park in Tokyo. After Tokyo Disneyland opened in 1983, the number of visitors to Nara Dreamland slowly began to decrease, as more people were interested in going to the Disney park instead. This marked the beginning of the downfall for Dreamland, with attendance numbers dropping to around a million visitors per year. In 2001, Tokyo Disney Sea opened next to Tokyo Disneyland, and Universal Studios Japan opened as well in Osaka. 
Once those parks opened, Dreamland's attendance numbers dropped even more to 400,000 visitors per year. On August 31st, 2006, the park closed down for good. It was left abandoned for 10 years and it was demolished in October of 2016. And that's going to wrap it up for Abandoned Amusement Parks Volume 2. I hope you enjoyed this episode and let me know what you think. The sources for today's episode will be listed on the blog post for the episode at thehauntedcorner.com. I'll link to the blog post in the show notes so you can check out the sources and pictures for all these amusement parks. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and on YouTube with new episodes dropping every Monday and Thursday, except for the next two weeks. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support, head on over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes, early and ad-free access to episodes, plus so much more. Head over to patreon.com forward slash The Haunted Corner to join now. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend. If you have a case suggestion or a correction to share, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.